into the contest. Wednesday, the 28th of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee. Now, Shane Lee, you've been watching... Well, you called it the ping pong, but, but <laughs> I think they call it table tennis at the Olympics. Well, look, Timmy, I'm very proud to say I have two World Cups under my uh, banner with cricket, but uh, I would, would have loved to be an Olympian. I reckon I'm a chance in ping pong or trampolining, mate. <laughs> You've got to be able to make it to the Olympics and trampolining. Come on. <laughs> trampolining. Jump. I always thought I was a chance in the hammer throw or the over 110 kilo weightlifting. But, um, yeah, we will dream. Look, we do have the State of Origin jersey, the New South Wales jersey to give away over the next couple of weeks. So follow us on Afternoon Sport Twitter or our Afternoon Sport Facebook page, either one of those and you could win for yourself a signed New South Wales jersey, of course. The trophy sitting pride of place at the Centre of Excellence at Olympic Park. Today on the show, we have NRL manager to the stars. It is Steve Gillis and former Olympic boxer Jesse Ross. Afternoon sport. Well, you do not sport today, sir. Yeah, Shane, I, I sent a tweet out yesterday. I was watching the swimming, uh, and uh, Kaylee McEwen, this brilliant talent, has won the gold medal. And in the interview afterwards, the interviewer has basically asked her the question about a message from her mother and her sister, because tragically her father had passed away from brain cancer. So you, you're sort of waiting for a, quite a sentimental response. And she's lowered down, and she goes, fuck, yeah! It was, seriously, the medal was brilliant. The interview was gold, Aussie gold. It was, mate. It's, it's good old-fashioned Aussie passion, mate. It was brilliant. I haven't seen anything like that since in the 90s when Brent Todd, the Canberra Raiders player, went to the Gold Coast and interviewed by the Janners up there and said, why did you come to the Gold Coast? He said, because the Sheilas are good looking and I'm going to fuck them all, and I quote. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, not, well, you're not getting yourself into trouble because that's what, that, that, is, that, that, is, that was basically said. And Sam Bacco, I know I've played around with this a few times, but when he was interviewed after Origin and he goes, oh, yeah, we fucking, oh, oh fuck, I said, fuck. It's like, yeah, so some of those interviews, uh, particularly from an Australian perspective, colloquial perspective, uh, we just love it. Now, turning away from our profanities and looking at uh, AFL, Buddy Franklin, look, the Swans are flying along. They're going to challenge this? Yeah, it's going to be a key moment for the Swans. They're uh, getting some serious momentum. They played really well on the weekend. And Buddy just seemed to now he's taking balls over his head now. Um, took some fantastic marks and and he's kicking very very well. So yeah, it's going to be a key moment. They do need to challenge it and hopefully it goes the Swans away because yeah, when Buddy is firing, it's, he's hard to stop no matter what team they're playing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, uh, yeah. and a proud man of Indigenous heritage. As is our next guest, Jesse Ross, former Olympic boxer. What would you like to say to your mum and your sister for now? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, absolutely loving the Olympics and of course there's so many great sports and uh, we've spoken to a number of former Olympians over the course of the last week or so and it's great to chat to another one now. Jesse Ross, former Olympian from the London Games in boxing. How are you, Jesse? Mate, very well, very well, gents. Thanks for having me on. Mate, thanks for coming on, Jess. Um, yeah, as Timmy mentioned, 2012 um, Olympics, uh, you're also bronze medalist, Commonwealth Games. Who are our big hopes, do you think, in Japan? Mate, it's, it's, it's a tough one. You know, there's no easy road to the gold medal, but um, we've got a smaller team uh, than we had at London, but it's, it's a very talented team. So the good thing is that they've obviously got the inclusion of the women's as well. So you've got mm. two girls and Caitlin Parker and Sky Nicholson, two very experienced very experienced women in the world of boxing, um, both very high medal chances. 
Uh, and my pick for the men's is um, we've got a we've got a young kid, Paulo Acuso, uh, light heavyweight. Mm. He's got he only he only started pretty late when he was eighteen, but he's got more talent in both his hands that I've seen than a lot of kids in a long time. So very uh, very hot gold medal prospect. What about Harry Garside and Alex Winwood? Mate, Alex got pipped the other night uh, in his opening bout, so he's already he's already out of competition, unfortunately. Put up a good fight. Uh, wasn't able to get on top of uh, the, the gent that he got a match with. Uh, Harry Garside got a win. Um, funnily enough, he drew the only other Oceania guy at the Olympics, so he beat Papua New Guinea in his opening bout. Um, he's got a tough next contest. Um, very, very tough division. So Harry's a talented kid. Uh, won gold medal at the Commonwealth Games uh, on the Gold Coast, so he'll, he'll be one to watch for sure, but he's in a very, very tough division. Jesse, um, I, I, I apologise for this question because it might be a silly one, but the gloves look so much bigger um, at the Olympics. Is it, are there different size gloves they're using or am I just seeing things? Uh, look, it depends on the manufacturer. I mean, they all make them slightly different. They're all 10 ounce, so regardless right. of the weight, they're all wearing 10 ounce gloves. Uh, so it's the same as they compete no matter what competition they're at okay. in, uh, in the world. Um, so yeah, same size gloves, but you will notice in the amateurs that a lot of that ounce is right up the top of the knuckle parts. You don't often see a lot of knockouts for that reason. Gotcha. Where's Paulo at at the moment? Where in his campaign, it's hard to stay across every single sport from, from our perspective. Yeah, he, uh, he he gets his opening um, bout tonight, actually. So I believe he got a buy in the first round. So um, five, five fights to win the gold medal. Uh, round of 32, he got a buy. So he's in the round of 16 tonight. Um, so it'll be a good one to watch. He's actually about 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Now, Jesse, I read that your partner, Jess Radelak, is also a boxer. I want to know what it's like. What are, the, what are the arguments like at home with that? Very, very little, mate. <laughs> very, very little. She's got a dangerous overhand, right? So she she wears the pants in the, in the house, uh, so I just keep my mouth shut and do it as I'm told. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. My wife hasn't got any boxing credentials, but I still use the same theory. Um, but the, I, I suppose the, the big story was Justice Hooney, wasn't it? He was, he was a real medal chance if not gold medal chance but uh injured himself and uh, we knew we knew about the whole paul gallon uh fight that happened just a few weeks ago yeah look again another really talented kid um both paulo and justice have some small heritage very proud of it um justice seen him come up through the ranks um trained with mark wilson out of bethania just again a very talented kid and just a big kid big pup i like to call him he's got more more skill than he knows what to do with and just real unfortunate, you know, um, he took that fight and was a great opportunity for his, obviously, his own platform to really get his career going. I mean, you know, the, the golden um, ticket would have been to get a medal here and then turn pro and he would have had some really lucrative deals. But look, he's got to reset his goals and reshift. And I mean, COVID's probably taught us there's a lot of pivoting that's got to happen. So they've just got to do that with his career, manage it right, get those hands right. He's a young kid, he's got a long time, so he'll mature with his years to come. And Jesse, we had uh, your business partner, um, Shane Tucker, uh, the drag racer, on last week. Uh, you're both uh, business partners in Volanda Tequila. Um, for those who haven't tasted Volanda Tequila, it's absolutely sensational. Um, that's a really good business, and it's good to see people doing stuff after sport. And it was, you know, it's um, it's 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 a great drop. Appreciate uh, the kind words. It's been a, it's been an interesting, fun, challenging learning journey uh, for the last sort of two or three years uh, since we got cracking on the on the new venture. But um. Mate, you know, it's, it was always about life after sport. I was blessed. Mm. My first Olympic cycle, 2012, was only 22, qualified and achieved what I wanted to and and uh, got my health and, and and I've gone on to do other things now. So I'm um, very happy to be doing this. And um, yeah, it's, it's the next step, next chapter. Yeah, and great to have you on board as a sponsor as well, Jesse. Uh, what about that London Games? I had the opportunity to cover it for, for Channel 9 and, uh, and look, I just thought it was an extraordinary time. The weather was amazing. The event was put together so wonderfully well. And for you to, to represent not only your country, but also your Indigenous heritage. 
absolutely. Um, it, it was, uh, like you mentioned, the weather. <laughs> it was probably the best weather London's ever seen for a two-week stint. So it was, it was perfect weather. Um, logistically, they, they put on a fantastic event. Um, it, honestly, there was no hiccup from us. And it was, it was just pinch yourself moments every day. You know, you, you're out there cutting weight and running and training and doing all these things. And you're running past the Michael Phelps and the Serena Williams and the Usain Bolts and, you know, uh, God bless Kobe Bryant. You know, you got to meet and rub shoulders with these people, which is fantastic. And, you know, it was a great platform. Um, again, you sort of touched on it there, you know, Indigenous heritage. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of the Indigenous athletes of Australia. So very proud of that one of very few. But um, it's it's something I, I, I hold close to my chest. Yeah, it's great to see Paddy Mills uh, being the flag bearer with Kate Campbell as well. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's uh, lovely to see, mate. And thanks for coming on the show. It's It's been great. We'll probably get you back and hopefully a few of these uh, Aussie boxes, um, both male and female, will do really well, mate. We'll get you back on the show. Fantastic. Thanks, gents. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, the player manager to the stars in Rugby League, it's Steve Gillis. Now, Shano, you're into the finer things in life. Have you tried Volando tequila? Timmy, I actually have. It's fantastic. It's high-end. It's world-class. What do you mean? Does that mean it tastes good? It does. It's really more than your average tequila. You've got to think more whiskey. Think smooth, rich in taste and high in spirit. Sounds like a great addition to taco night. Well, it moves taco night from Tuesday all the way to Saturday, if you know what I mean, Timmy. Oh, I know what you mean. It must be pretty special. Valendo Tequila for the moment. For more information, head to volandotequila.com.au. Get to the website and use discount code TEQUILA15 for 15 bucks off any purchase until the end of July 2021. It's the greatest game of all, Rugby League. We have got the NRL's number one player manager with us, Stephen Gillis. How are you? Good, thanks, Tim. Now, Steve, um, yeah, some big issues up there in the bubble in Queensland. Jimmy the Jet sunbaking on the balcony, James Roberts, that is, um, and has breached the Queensland quarantine rules. Uh, It's putting the whole NRL potential season into jeopardy. Yeah, look, I I think, Shane, we're overreacting a tad. I think this one will go through to the keeper. I think at the end of the day... He'll obviously be reprimanded, may even be fined, but um, you know that, those guys have probably got another week to go in the bubble, and they're obviously struggling. There's suggestions that many people within that bubble are struggling with mental health issues. So let's hope they can get through the next week without any further drama and keep moving. And what happens after that week? Are they just free to go like any other Queensland citizen? Well, they will be technically, Tim, but I do believe the club will still have some kind of restrictions on them. Um, I think you'll see players get out and have a game of golf and things like that, but they'll certainly um, not be encouraged to, to uh, hang around in large groups uh, and the like. Yeah, that's fair enough too. Now on to the the, the matches coming up uh, this week. Um, it's a couple, couple of big matches, Storm versus Panthers, mate. Top of the table clash. No Cleary, but the uh, Storm in pretty good form. Yeah, it's disappointing that we're not going to see um, both sides at full strength, obviously, Penrith very under strength, and people have been crying out for for this game and a real battle to determine who is who is the the number one team going into the back end of the season. Um, Storm a little bit off their game last week, but I expect them to bounce back this week. I'm seeing a lot of players uh, quoted, particularly in the British press, about um, how they weren't consulted about not going to the World Cup. Uh, a few people seem pissed off with this. I, I sort of get it. I, I don't quite understand why. And I know the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, all this other sports going on. Why, why does Australia and New Zealand pull out of the World Cup? I personally think, Tim, like their thoughts may be right now 
yeah, we want to go. But getting towards the, the back end of the year, we're talking October, you know, uh, the Warriors have been away from home for two years. Melbourne have been away from home for, for nearly two years. These guys are going to have been in a bubble for two to three months. And I think you'll find a lot of them are out of gas towards the end at the moment. They may be thinking, well, you know, I'd love to go and represent the country and play in a World Cup. But um, with COVID the way it is, and obviously the, the spread in New South Wales becoming greater, I think we'll be flat out scrambling through to the end of the year as it is. So if we can get to the grand final and get through the season, um, I think the players might be ready to, to have a break anyway. Hey, Steve, do you manage any of the um, actual coaches as well? Like you, you've seen you know, Brad Arthur under a bit of pressure now. They may, the Eels may slip out of the top four. Michael Maguire from the Tigers, obviously under serious pressure there. And the Knights coach as well. Do you, do you manage any of those guys? Yeah, well, we've, we've had a go at the coaches in the past. Shane, I've managed uh, Laurie Daly, who got sacked. I managed Steve Price at the Dragons. He got sacked. I managed Mick Potter at the Tigers. He got sacked. I managed Emma McFadden at the Warriors. He got sacked. So it's a lot of fun representing coaches. Uh, fortunately, at the moment, we don't have any coaches. I do represent Dean Young, who's uh, an assistant coach at the Cowboys and is a very uh, promising young coach. But look, it's not much fun representing coaches. You spend more time... Uh, negotiating their payout than you do negotiating their contracts. It, it, it's a hard slog, and I very much feel for them. Oh, I just read a story, actually, you might, you might have missed it. It's just come through from the, the Townsville Gazette that Dean Young's been sacked. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, Tim. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no. And with that World Cup, look, I, I do understand it. I, I do get it. I just think that um, you know, I also see it from two sides because uh, those in the United Kingdom aren't very happy about uh, Australia and New Zealand pulling out because, in, in effect, that basically destroys the whole World Cup because they are the two top teams. Now, the grand final, one of the reasons I think that uh, this may be blown under the carpet or away, the James Roberts things and maybe a few other indiscretions is because Queensland would love to have the grand final and it seems like it's going to be a battle between Queensland and Melbourne or Queensland and Victoria. Yeah, look, Tim, if I was at Queensland, and I don't want to be the, the master of doom and gloom here, but if I was the Queensland Premier, I'd be sitting tight because, as I said, I'm, I'm very concerned about COVID numbers and I think you're going to see them rise before they fall. I wouldn't be forking out too much money to secure the grand final because in effect, Queensland may be our only real option in, in a couple of weeks' time, the way things are trending. Uh, Queen Palaszczuk, she's on fire up there. And just finally, mate, uh, are my dragons gone? We play the Rabbits this weekend. They seem to be under a bit of pressure, the old dragons. Yeah, Shane, look, I'd probably be looking to secure your seat for next season and, and not worry about this year. It's looking pretty bleak. It's been a, a terrible year for Saints. They showed some promise early and, and we're obviously in, in touch. And uh, surprisingly, they're still in the eight. But look, they've still got suspensions to serve following uh, Borny's barbecue. And I, I think they're going to really struggle to, to win too many more games this year. Yeah, they did more than burn the steaks that day at Vaughty's <laughs> Barbecue, didn't they? Now, what, 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 about, what, about, what about player pay cuts and uh, that? Are, are we seeing any of that kind of financial stress um, in this COVID situation? It is very different to last year because I think people can see a bit of a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow once vaccination catches up. Yeah, look, it hasn't been discussed as far as I know, Tim. Obviously, uh, next year's cap was reset. And then beyond that, we have a new collective bargaining agreement. So if there is to be uh, some changes, it'll be for 23 onwards. I think and hope that the, the guys will get through uh, next year without 
too much disruption. Obviously, like everyone, they've made some big sacrifices uprooting their fam- families and themselves and their lives to keep the game going. And I think Peter Valenis and the Commission will recognise and respect what they've done. But at the same time, everyone's had to uh, row in the same direction to, to keep the game afloat. Yep. Thank God uh, Thank God they've got Peter Valandis because he's a can-do kind of guy. He, he marched them through COVID. He's got them to continue to go here and keep the competition running in Queensland. With PVL, we trust, and hopefully it's onward and upward from here. Stephen, good to chat. Stay safe, man. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Steve Gillis, and to Jesse Ross and our sponsors. We've got a new sponsor on board, mate, xblades.com.au. Xblades make fantastic um, shoes and, and apparel uh, and have come on board as a sponsor. So we're really excited to have them on board, xblades.com.au. Oh, we love Xblades and we love our producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.